Good morning. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's good to see you here this morning. You glad to be here this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you thankful for the rain that we got last night? Sounded good in the middle of the night, didn't it? Amen. Well, we're going to begin our service. Listen, we're glad you're here this morning. I know there'll be more come in in just a moment. Seems like about 10 minutes after we start is when everybody starts filing in, but that's all right. We're going to start anyway, and we're going to worship the Lord because, uh, you know, I, I've said this before, but Jesus said two or more, not 200 or more. So, but praise the Lord. Um, as we begin this morning, Emily has an announcement that she's going to come up and make on behalf of the pulpit committee. So come on up. Oh, good morning. So I just wanted to give you guys an update on our search for a pastor. So we are going through the interview process right now. We interviewed one last week and we got a couple more coming up. Um, so we are still diligently working. We're praying. We're seeking the Lord's will. We would very much appreciate if you guys would join with us in doing that, making sure that, that we find the one that God has for us. Um, I'm also supposed to announce that next week is Brother Jonathan's last week teaching Sunday school. So if there's anyone interested in teaching Sunday school, we would be thrilled, absolutely thrilled to have you. So please let us know if that is of interest to anyone. And I'm, I'm very short-winded. So that's, that's all I have. So... All right. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand this morning? Let's let's just begin our service. We're going to worship the Lord in song in a minute, but why don't we just worship him with our own words? Can we do that this morning? Let's just lift him up. Lord, we just love you this morning. Lord, we just praise you, Lord, because you're worthy of our praise. Lord, we praise you because of all the things that you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for the blessings. Lord, we thank you for the rain. Lord, we thank you for all the things that you do for us, God, because you're such a wonderful God. And this morning, as we enter into your presence, Lord, as we begin our service, Lord, we just want to seek you. Lord, we want to seek your grace, your mercy this morning. God, your, God, your loving kindness this morning. We're so grateful for that this morning. We praise you. And we glorify you for it, Lord. We just thank you for everything that you're doing in the name of Jesus. Some hearts been crying. 
Father, thank you, God, that that day keeps drawing nearer with every breath we take, God. Not every day now, Lord, but every breath we take, Father. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your mercy and grace won't 
Nothing is better than you. Sing that again. Lord, there's nothing that's better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Sing it one more time. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. God, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing, God. There is nothing, Lord, that's better than you. Oh, we love you, Lord. service this morning. Father, we come before you with humble hearts, Lord, anticipating great things, Father. Father, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in this service, not only in the lives that are here physically, God, but in the lives and the families that they represent, God. Father, every need and every burden brought before you this morning, God, we anticipate miracles, answers, Father, direction. Father, God is through it, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice. Let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God, and how great is our
wonderful news that God is great and great enough to handle all of the provision that we need today and every day of our lives and for all eternity. How comforting is that thought? Lord, thank you for that reality and help our minds to, to, to be able to receive it, Lord. May, may, may we be able to, to see you as you are in our spirit, Lord, and our soul. May, may we see you and, and have more trust in you, Lord. And may, may we not go through troubles so, so afflicted with anxiety and worry and fear. God, may we go through everything we're facing knowing what a great God you are and how present tense you are in our lives right now. Thank you, Lord. If you have a need this morning, I want to agree with you that God's great enough to meet that need. I, I really, it's not good news if he's not great enough to meet your need. And, and you, you might be thinking, but pastor, I have cancer. God's bigger than, than cancer. God can heal your body of cancer and then take you to heaven without cancer. Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful. You, you can die a healthy person when in, in the time that the Lord has pres prescribed for you to your life to end. You don't, you don't have to be sick. We, we, we can believe that, that what Jesus did for us on the cross is for us yes. and we receive it by faith. Yeah. I want to agree with you this morning. If you'd like to be anointed with oil, do we, Jason, do we have oil that we can? Yes, we do. So uh, Jason and I will uh, anoint you with oil. If you want to come down to the front, just stand across the front during this prayer time. If you'd like to be anointed with oil, you do that. And if you don't, maybe, maybe you'd like to slip to a friend that, that you know prays and you'd just like to go over and stand by them and, and ask the Lord to, uh, to, to uh, hear, hear your prayer of agreement with that person. I'm just saying there's more than one way to do it. But what we're going to do right now is a, we're going to reach out with faith and touch the hem of his garment. Amen? Amen. And we're not just doing this as a formality in the service. This is miracle time. Yeah. This is time for you to receive a, a provision from the Lord. Lord, you are great enough. You're great. Now step forward if you don't want to be anointed, but we're going to believe God. We're going to believe God for, for miracles to take place in this place right now. Father, I agree with the people this morning in the name of Jesus who are coming and those that are, are, are receiving their miracle right where they stand. We are in agreement, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we are in, in agreement with you, God, that, that you have already spilled your blood and made provision for us, Lord, in our, in our broken condition, God, to receive your righteousness and your healing in our bodies and in our lives. Go right, go right ahead. Go right ahead. I'll, I'll take this side and you take that side. Praise the Lord. We're going to agree and pray in the name of Jesus, in the healing name of Jesus Christ, or in the miracle name of Jesus Christ. We believe and we
by prayer, by, by faith. Jesus, hell's power is broken. This world's infirmities are broken. We release what heaven has to offer. We release the healing, the virtue, the power. The Lord, when that Lord the name of your garment, and another person, and the Savior, that you've done so many times. you shake somebody's hands on the way down, okay? Reach around and say hi to somebody. If they hadn't already got a good greeting from you, maybe they, uh, maybe they came and, some, no, and there's somebody here that hasn't even been spoken to yet. We don't want that to, we don't want that to be the end of the story, amen? We, we are, we're excited that you're here. If you're a guest or a visitor at Lone Grove Assembly this morning, I'm not the pastor that will be here, but he or she will be here soon, Amen. And, and I know you probably heard that we're in transition from, uh, from a pastor to the next uh, pastor. And uh, we're, we're believing God's got the answer to that. And that we're going to, he's going to show us the answer. He's going to lead us right to it. And, and this morning, I, what I want you to join me in prayer is that God just unites us in one accord. In the miraculous unity of his spirit, that we would have one mind and one accord 
and that 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 new pastor comes into a church that's united, that's united, that is that it is together, that that loves each other and loves being being his light, one of his lights in this community. By by, I tell you the the biggest enemy of the church is division. The, that, that's that's treacherous to a church's success. It, it the church just doesn't get to represent God. Jesus said uh, by this. Shall all men know that I came from God, that God sent me, that you have love for one another. And in that 17th chapter of John, he prayed for the, for the church to be, he said, like you and I, Father, are one. I pray that they would be one and that they'd be one with us. So we're all united. He's what pulls us together. Because as we love him, that draws us closer and closer to each other as we, as we love him with all our hearts. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I, want to, I want to pray with you for our uh, pastor search committee. And, and, and then right after that, we're, the, all of the members are going to be uh, at some point casting a, uh, a vote, if you want to call it that. They're, they're going to be aff affirming uh, what, what, they, what we believe the will of God is in, in that situation. So we just need to be praying and, and really, really saturating this thing. With, our, with prayer. And, and, just, and prayer means humbling yourself before God. Lord, help me get my wants and, and, and things, anything that's out of line with what you're wanting, Lord, change it in me. And, and bring, bring, bring us into, into one accord because we are hearing from you and, and what, what you're wanting to do is, is being done in our, each of our hearts. Each of our hearts. We're all singing the same song. And we're all singing it with the same enthusiasm. Amen? That's unity. That's unity. Would you join me in, in this prayer? You can just do it while you're seated. Lord, we pray for unity in, in, our, in the church body, in the church family, throughout the church family, the youngest to the eldest, and, the, and Lord, the newest and the one who's been here the longest. Lord, we, we pray for divine uh, enabling, Lord, to be one like you prayed for your church to be. May we be united by the power of the Spirit. May those things that divide us all of a sudden just fall off, us, off of us like an old cancer, an old, uh, an old disease that we don't need anymore. Lord, may, may, may our hearts be truly blended and bonded together in, in cords of love for each other and love for your church and love for the mission that you've called the church to accomplish, Lord. You've set us uh, to, to be world changers. And Lord, the only way that's going to happen is if we're, we're really united together and we're really one in heart and soul. And so, Lord, we just pray for that miracle of unity and, and how, that, how that's going to make a difference as, as you choose the, the leader that you want to bring here, the person, the, the pastor, the shepherd, Lord, the one who, who you're going to give vision to, and that vision is going to be cast, and we together are going to, to pursue the fulfillment of that vision that you've assigned us, Lord. We, we seek, oh God, that, 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 that you, Lord, would, would just breathe into us. The reality of what you want for the future of this church and that we'll we'll together select that and, and and receive it and embrace it and cherish it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, you know, this is pastor appreciation month. And so next year, when you have that pastor, you'll be pastor appreciating that pastor in October next year. But this year you have three pastors. That, uh, that is, uh, you have Chasen and, and Jill, they're youth pastors, and uh, quite good ones, aren't they? Amen. And, uh, and, uh, and then you have 
Courtney and Jonathan doing children's pastor work. Uh, I, I had the hardest time getting to know them. They were always somewhere else. I got to know Jonathan a little bit back here and Courtney as a worship leader, but she's back there. They're back there working. And I'm telling you what, the, the Lord wants the church to, to bless those people who labor like that. And because they're so, so valuable. And, and then the third is, is Pastor Julie and, and the faithful worship team that, amen, come on, bring it on. I thought that was Julie doing that. I, I thought, yeah, I, that's Courtney doing that. I, I'm telling you, we are, we're blessed. They, they bring it on every service and, it, and they hadn't, it hadn't been loosely prepared. They've really diligently prepared and, and because they want it to be something that really brings us into the presence of God. So I, I named those three pastors and that you already have. And, and here's, you, you've got two more Sundays left in August. Is that right? Today and two more after today. Uh, did I say August? <laughs> October. October's Pastor Appreciation Month. Would, would, you, would, I, I, would you take your phone out and write yourself a note or somehow make yourself remember to write them a note? It can be in a card. It can be in a letter. I guess it could be in a text or an email if that's what you choose to do. What, what, but, but make, I know I've been a pastor for, I don't, I can't remember, four, over 40 years. And uh, those Pastor Appreciation Days, you know, the, usually the church would provide some kind of some kind of appreciation gift or something, but you know, that gets, that lasts for a few months or, or maybe weeks or, you know, who knows, but it really does. It, it, it's nice, but it doesn't mean as much as the congregation's words. Your words are more valuable than, than what goes in the bank because your words go in this bank and we need to be reaffirmed that yes, we know you're human, but we can see God's touch on your life. We appreciate how God is using you. We appreciate what you do for this church. We, we you just put it in your words and, and let it come from you. And you know, the Lord will give you those words that, that, that will be, will be quite, uh, uh, reassuring and, 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 uh, and, and just, uh, they'll, they'll be character building in, in your passion. You really have the, have the, uh, the joy of, of, of contributing to, the, the mental, emotional, spiritual health of your leader. Right. Amen. You really do. Uh, I, I know of a church. I was told of a church. One of our district superintendents said this years ago. He said, uh, uh, he said, I know of a church that calls me every once in a while. And they say, do you have any wounded, tired preachers that are kind of wanting to quit that you could send us so they could be our pastor? That sounds a little strange, doesn't it? They said, I know that sounds a little strange, but I, God's given us a ministry of healing pastors. So send us that pastor and we will love that pastor and we will encourage that pastor and we will pray for that pastor and we will, we will build up that pastor. And in, in a year or two or three or four or five, however many the Lord wants to leave him here, uh, he, he'll get a better church somewhere. And, and then we'll call you again, pastor, and say, hey, send, have you got a pastor who's wounded, who's tired, who's kind of lost his way and, and, and just needs to be encouraged? Send him. We want him as our pastor. Isn't that a, 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 that's a whole different twist, isn't it? But ever since I heard that story, and it's been a lot of years that, since I heard that story, I, I've, I've wanted to be a church like that. 
I, I want to, I every church should be a church like that. Lord, these are the people you called. Some of them you called when they were kids. You, you called them and you, you gave them a gift and you, you used them. And, you know, they're all different. And there's, there's as much difference in preachers as there are people. People just, you know, so, so are the pews. They're full of different people too. But, and, the, and, the, and here's, the, here's one thing you got to remember about the guy that's up here or who's doing the preaching. It, it, he may have a, a title that, that makes him seem like he's somebody uh, that, that is without fault, but it's not true. We're all just weakness. We have weakness like, like everybody else. We have, we're just people. And, and the only thing that really keeps us from, from uh, keeps the just people from making us ineffective is your prayers, your love, and your support, and your unity behind us as we work together because we're all, we're all, we're all, we all have weaknesses. Every one of us do. But we can put, put our strength together. Here's what I want you to do. When you see my weakness, I want you to just kind of, well, that's not so important. Look at my strengths. Look, look, at, look at what there is to appreciate about me. And those things that, that, that aren't so admirable, <laughs> would you just kind of, well, do with them what you want me to do with yours when I see it. Because it's really, this is the way you make a marriage work. If your marriage isn't working, if you'll just only dwell on what you love about that person and minimize the rest, try, try to get it completely out of your mind, out of your focus, because then, then you, you can celebrate your strengths for each other and you can love each other and you can build each other up. And, and, and I, I pastoring is, is a whole lot like a marriage. You're, you're married to that church family. You're devoted to them and, 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 you may, you may not want to look at it like that way, but it, there, there's, a, there's a bond that God has created between you and that pastor. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I'm just celebrating Pastor Appreciation Day with a sermon. I didn't mean to do that, but <laughs> I, I, truly, I truly hope it helps. I really, truly hope it helps. The uh, ushers are coming at this time, and uh, we'll give you an, an opportunity. While they're coming, let me mention a couple of quick announcements. And one of them is that... Uh, 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 Robin Callis asked me to announce that Tuesday night, 6.30, Joy Curley is the speaker for the, the women's ministry meeting that happens here at the church, 6.30. How many of you women have already seen that in the bulletin? You knew about it. You're coming. You wouldn't miss it for Joy, Joy Curley from, to drive over and uh, be your speaker. She will definitely have something good to say, I promise you. She may be 90 years old, but you'll... You'll, you'll think somebody messed up with her birth certificate because she couldn't possibly be. She's, she's in, incredible. Lord, bless the offering, we pray. Use it for the purpose of your kingdom, God. We, that, that's what we're giving to. We're giving to the work of your kingdom. The, the, the mighty uh, gospel of Jesus to be proclaimed by, by what we what we put in this offering, Lord, may, may it be so in Jesus' name. May people be saved. May people be reached that are lost. May people that are stuck in addiction, Lord, may, may the ministries that we support, Lord, end up, result in touching those people's lives and your power transforming them, Lord. We just pray you'll give us generous hearts. Make us a giving, giving church, a giving church family to your kingdom, God, because of the way you blessed us and enabled us to give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, gentlemen. Here you go. Thank you, sir.
just about Amen. Thank you. The men's worship, the men's worship band. I don't know of a better one in the state. Do you? That's awesome. Very, very good, you guys. Very good and very faithful. I appreciate you very much. Um, you, you remember I, I, last time I preached, I, I, got, I had a Sunday off last Sunday. It was wonderful, wonderful to have a Sunday to rest and, uh, and just go to church and, and be ministered to is wonderful. Thank you. And we appreciate your love for uh, Brother and Sister Frizzell that came and ministered to you. Um, uh, but on that Sunday, we took communion. O October the 2nd, was it? The, the second day of October, first Sunday of the month. We took communion together. And I ask you to read uh, four chapters of, of the New Testament. Uh, I wonder how many of you did that. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I, 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 I did it, and I wanted to do it again, and I wanted to do it again. I kept finding myself, I'd, I'd open up my phone, it's where I read the Bible the most, and I choose where I'm going to, if I'm going to continue reading. I, there's other places that I'm studying as well, but I kept wanting to go back and read those four chapters again. I, I, can, I can remember not wanting to read those four chapters. I can remember the, the pain that they caused me when I would read that Jesus was crucified, is that, that, that they put nails through his hands and his feet. I, I, it's just, it was too painful to me. But if he did it, for us, I should at least go through the pain of reading it and listening to what the Spirit of the Lord says to my heart as I read it. The four chapters, in case some of you, some, somebody is not aware of what four chapters I'm talking about, the four chapters that describe Jesus' crucifixion, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic gospels. They're, they're very much similar. Uh, and each of them devote one chapter at the end. The last chapter is resurrection chapter. It's Easter Sunday chapter. But the, sun, the chapter before that, and all three of those, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the next to the last chapter is the crucifixion chapter. You can read it in there. You can easily find it. Go to the end of the book. Go back one chapter. And you'll be at that chapter. Matthew 27 and so forth. John he was a little more lengthy, and uh, especially like half of his uh, writing is about the last week of Jesus' life and his crucifixion and his resurrection. So the last two chapters of John are about the resurrection and some events that took place afterwards. So in, in the book of John, the fourth gospel, go back to two, two chapters to the next to the last. Uh, no, the third to the last chapter. Hope I'm not confusing you with all this. I, I, I'm encouraging you to make a practice 
of reading those four chapters at least once a year, at least once a year. I mean, purposefully. I, I th- I, the reason I set, it, I set the bar so low is because I want even, even the least likely person to, to catch a vision of this. I, I know what will happen when you read it. Yeah. You'll get drawn to the one who was crucified for you. And this is all about a relationship. It's not about a religion. I'm talking about this being everything we do at church as a, as a Christian. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. And, and that one chapter, the, the, those four chapters, that one chapter in each gospel is there because we needed to know that. It's, it's, I mean, can you compare it to history? You've got world history. You've got uh, American history. Uh, you know, th- that, that, this history is, is God's story. It's the New Testament version of when he asked Abraham to take your son up on that mountain. That happened to be the same mountain, a three-day journey for Abraham to take his son up there and offer him as a sacrifice. I've already told you this once, but that, that, that's, that's, what, that's what these chapters are. They're the chapters of when God took his son up to that mountain, but this time his son was the substitute instead of having a substitute with his, the horns caught in a thicket. Jesus was the substitute on Mount, uh, on Mount Moriah. Jesus was the one who, who God said, in the, in the mountain of the Lord, it will be seen. His provision will be seen. He provided for us, and that's what these four chapters are about. He provided for us what we needed the most. What we needed the most. What we needed the most. I, I, I want to be able to... Um, Ask any question. I, I, I learned a lot by asking myself questions. As a preacher, I, I try to anticipate what, what questions are in people's hearts. So, you know, questions about the chapters that, wh- why did God do this? Or, or any other question that pops in my mind. I like to challenge myself to find, Lord, what is the answer to that question? How do you answer that question? I want to know these, I, I want to know the, the, the words of these chapters and I want to know that what's between the words, the anointing of the, uh, of the Spirit of God and the presence of God that, that is communicated to me through these words. I want to love them and I want to read them and, and I don't ever want to ever get to the place where I avoid them again. Uh, we're so blessed to have these chapters. It, these chapters produce a soul resurrection for us and, and life for our soul and our spirit. Uh, the Jewish leaders... I've, I heard it said by a writer that, that the Jewish leaders wanted Jesus on a cross uh, so that he would appear to the people as accursed of God. There's, in the, the book of Deuteronomy, when the Lord was anointing what Moses preached, and that, that's what Deuteronomy is, is one long sermon after all of the wilderness wandering and everything is just before they're going in Canaan, he, he preaches all of these chapters, just one long sermon reminding them of, of, of how God had given His law. And one, and one of the things that it says in Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and, 3, 22 and 23, it says, For he who is hanged is accursed of God. And, and so the, the Jewish leaders said, if we can get him hanged, if we can get him crucified, nailed to a cross, then, then they will see it. And, uh, and, and, instead of, uh, and instead of thinking that he's the Messiah, they'll... They'll think he's a curse of God, and they'll, they'll withdraw their, their loyalty to him. Just the opposite happened. That was their plan.
But Jesus said, I must be lifted up so that all men will be drawn unto me. Because when you read those chapters, you will be drawn to him because you know he didn't, he didn't die for his own sin. He didn't die. He didn't go to that cross because he, he was a crook like the two guys on each side of him. He, he was there because you're a crook and I'm a crook and, there, and there's something wrong in us called sin. And it couldn't be cured by our best devices. Or no, no inventor could ever come up with something so good to get us justified of our sin and freely forgiven of our sin. But God created a way. He incarnated into a, a human being and he lived a sinless life so that he didn't have to go to the cross for his own sin. He could go for our sin. And he did exactly that. Uh, God wanted Jesus on the cross for a different reason. You know, and it wasn't that God didn't want, it wasn't that God didn't mean in the Old Testament when he said that, that, that he that's hanged is accursed of God. If you'll, if you'll think the story through, Jesus, before he got off that cross, said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He, he, he had acknowledged that, that he took our sin on himself. And our sin is what was accursed. It wasn't the person bearing the guilt of our sin. Our sin was cast upon him. Our guilt was cast upon him. And yes, he was accursed hanging on a tree because God said it in the Old Testament. It's true. But we, we know that it wasn't Jesus that was accursed. He wasn't accursed because he was a criminal or because he was a, an adulterer. He was, a, he was accursed because he took our curse. He took the curse of our sin. God laid it on him. And, and for that, he, he, God wanted him on that cross so he could justify and reconcile our sin as paid in full. <laughs> paid and forgiven. Jesus said in uh, John 19.30, well, uh, in that chapter that's in John that, about the cross, the, the last thing, the, he's the only one that records Jesus saying after he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? John records Jesus saying, and he was there watching, and uh, he said, Jesus said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Yeah. What did he say it's finished for? Why, why did he say it? Some have said that's a mathematical term, he, like he drew the, the summation line underneath, and he said, okay, now it's all bought and paid for. It's all done. Everything that was needed to provide salvation for you and me has been accomplished on this cross. And, and Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he was there. Hebrews 12, 2 tells us that looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, who, was, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Because the joy set before him was the redemption of people, people that couldn't get free from the guilt of their sin, but they can now because he's provided a way if you'll, if you'll take the way that he's provided. Amen? I preached to you... Uh, uh, on, the, on Sunday the 2nd uh, about the, the two criminals, the two robbers who were crucified on either side of Jesus. All, all, the, all four Gospels acknowledge that he was crucified between two thieves. And, and, and I grieve for those two thieves as well to be crucified. What a, what a horrible thing for somebody to be nailed to a cross, for them to have to die that way. What a and, and it's hard for me to imagine in that much suffering, in that much pain, the kind of comfort, conversation that took place on the cross between those two uh, and each other. And, and, and of course, uh, with Jesus, they both spoke to Jesus. Uh, 
Luke, and I gave you this, this I'm not going to re-preach that message over again, but there was a lot I couldn't, that I didn't get to say because it was just, it, there was too much here to say. And I'm, I'm going to say some of that as I continue. But Luke, 22, Luke 23, verse 39 to 43, uh, the scripture says, one of the criminals hanging beside Jesus scoffed at him and mocked him and said, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. That's quite, a, that's quite an utterance for a person who's, who's dying. He, he, it, 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 was, it a, what, was he really intending to mock him or was he, was he taking some chance? Maybe, maybe if I say this, he, he will deliver us with him. He, he could deliver himself. Maybe he saw that. I don't know. It's, it's hard to figure out what's going on in a sinner's mind. You know it? Yeah. I, I noticed a long time ago, sin is an insanity of its own. I hope you don't mind me using that term. I'm not talking about mental illness. I'm just saying when, when, you're, when you're controlled by sin, it's reckless. It, it's uncontrollable. It's, it's, not, it's not you. You don't, you, you, you'll look back and wish you hadn't done that. You wish you hadn't said that. You'll regret it. And you'll wish you had the chance to do it over. That's sin. That's what sin is for you. And th this guy, it was just sin working out in him because his heart was hard. He wasn't reaching out to Jesus as a Savior. But it set something up. It's what, what he did. And I wonder if God didn't arrange for him to say this so that the other criminal would say what he said. Because the other criminal heard this, this one, uh, the, the robber on the other side saying that, gee, they must not have been too far apart on that mountain. And uh, because they were hearing each other, they, they must have heard what Jesus said. But, but here's what the other criminal said. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. Wow, that's, he's, he's kind of getting sane again from his sin. We deserve to die, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. It makes me think that he, he might have heard while he was out doing his, his robin or whatever he was doing, he might have run across the name of Jesus somewhere. He might have heard somebody that was telling about a miracle worker that comes through Jericho and Jerusalem doing miracles. It, it, might, it might have been that he, he knew before he got on that cross something about Jesus. Or, or maybe he had been raised in a church that had been uh, that, raised in a, in a family that, that had tried to make him acknowledge or aware of, of, of the fear of God. But, but here he is on the cross saying, we deserve to die, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me. Wow. That's a whole another step beyond what he said already. This man hasn't done anything wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you'll be with me in paradise. I believe that Jesus hanging on that cross, it was his pleasure to lead a sinner out of sin into salvation and into the family of God and to tell that sinner, I'll see you later today. But it's not going to be where he is. It's going to be where I am. I, we're, we're going to be together today. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, and, I, and I believe Jesus turned his head went to, to say that to, that to that robber. He was now a member of his family. I believe the Lord noticed it when, 
when that happened in your life, when, when you came to the place where you realized, I need you, Jesus. I, I've got sin in my life I can't fix, and, I've, and I don't want to die guilty of that sin. And, and I, I believe what I've been taught, that, that you came to be my Savior. Something came alive in us, and we spoke those words of faith. I believe he turned and looked at us, too. I believe he took interest in our personal response to the gospel, and, and he, and he glad, was glad to welcome us in, right into his family as his own begotten and beloved child. Uh, last week when I, when I uh, introduced the subject of those two thieves, I, I told you, what, I asked the question, what was it that caused such, such for, for that thief to discern uh, uh, spiritual reality, that Jesus was a Savior. And, and I named a few things that, that we have in common with Him. Uh, there, there, are, there are people around talking about who Jesus was. We, 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 uh, we, we around, we're around people that are in personal relationship with Jesus. And, and, and we hear the words of Jesus Himself from the Scripture, and I believe He speaks His words to our heart Himself. So uh, through all of that, we, we have our opportunity, just like He had His opportunity, to choose to believe, or like the other thief, and choose not to believe. Choose to continue to be a doubter. Choose to continue to, to say, oh, it's just religion, it's a crutch, and, and, and pass it off as if it's not important. That we, we have the choice to do that if we chose, chose to do it. But, but here, here's, here's the point where I, where I kind of left off and had to stop. Something spoke truth besides just what he heard people saying, besides what, what, what he saw the crowd that were grieving or, 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 the, or what the mockers were saying about Jesus. Something spoke to his heart. That, that's what it takes for you to get saved. Something has to speak in your soul that, that resonates with you, that gets your attention, that, that you believe it, it deserves your attention and, and for you, to, and for you to, uh, to listen closely to what, 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 what the Lord is revealing to you in, in getting your attention like He did. I, I, I wonder what it was. Thank God. For, for the privilege to have that, that happen in, in our own life. And I, 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 I have to believe that more than anything else, it was, it was the Holy Spirit that God said His Spirit would draw us to Jesus. And once you're His, His Spirit will affirm that you're a child of God. He has, he has released His Spirit into the world to convict people of their sin, to draw them, to draw them to Christ. And when, when somebody, you, you know, I, I, I told you the story of the guy in, in, a, in, a, in a Muslim country that, that didn't know a Christian at all, never heard one, but, but he, he spoke up to God. He said, if, if, you, if you don't show me the truth, you can't punish me. And just in a, in, in a day or two, he had the Bible in his hand, and, and all of a sudden he had this, uh, he, he, saw, he had the gospel right in front of him, and so he, he could find Christ, but he never knew and couldn't find another Christian to share it with. But the Holy Spirit was there with him, wasn't he? It was the Holy Spirit that was awakening his heart. It was the Holy Spirit who welcomed him to look up to God and say, if you don't show me the truth, hey, you know what God said? If you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you will be filled. Now, that may be a rude way to talk to God and tell him what he can and can't do because, you know what? He's, gonna, he's God. He's not subject to us telling him what he can and can't do. But God didn't see something to fault in his life. God saw something that was virtue reaching out to him. And he showed him the truth. He did, him what, he did what he asked him to do. And that man got saved and he's still leading people, building, building churches and, and winning people to Christ. 
As far as we know, that was the last time we heard. But, you know, persecution was uh, is very, very strong in the country where he lives. Uh, but I, I, I guess I've just asked, I, I, what is it that caused this one thief on this side to have a totally response, totally different response from a, the thief on the other side? What is it? What is it that, that, uh, that, that you know, two men can experience the same thing out there, and one makes a, cho- a choice that turns his life toward God, and the other makes, his, makes a decision that takes him far from God for all of eternity? They both experienced that. They, were, they both had a, 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 seat, a seat right next to the cross. They, they, not a seat, but they hung right there with him. Here's the reality. Whatever it is that, that makes the difference, I'm doing it, and you're doing it. You're, you're making a decision. Every person alive is doing what those two guys were doing. They're, they're, they're judging by what they see and by what, what their heart tells them to believe. They're judging whether the message of Christ is, is credible, and if it's credible, how credible is it? I mean, that, that's, pretty, that, that's pretty devoted to something if you go to church every Sunday. I, I, don't, I don't think I want to get, get exposed to something that addictive. I, I haven't got that much spare time in my life. All the, all the reasonings of man, they're, they're going on in hearts like his, and hearts like his, and hearts like yours, and hearts like mine, hearts like our children and our grandchildren and our neighbors and the people we work with. There's not a soul anywhere on this earth that's not doing exactly what he and he and you and me are doing. We are trying to decide, are you really great like we just sang? Is this, is this, is, is everything we sing about you really true? Because I've seen people pray for things that didn't happen. So, you know, maybe they want to factor that into their decision and say, I, 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 saw, I saw this, uh, uh, this Christian not acting like a Christian. I, I saw them just chewing somebody up and spitting them out with their words. And I, I, they, they find all, I know of a preacher who, who fell from, from his, uh, his, his lofty place of respect because of adultery. And, and, and what, a, what a horrible shame. And I'm not, I'm not going to get involved in something that's so full of hypocrites like that. I tell you, I, you know what I'm doing? I'm giving way too much vent for the way this guy felt because there's other people at the very same time, at the same time, that are saying, you know, Grandma, I think you really knew something. And, and, and when I, I need you to pray for me, Grandma. I need you to pray for me, Uncle Tom. I, I need you to pray for me, Aunt Susie. I, I need you to pray for me because I, I, I really I, I need, I, I need some help turning loose of some things that have got a hold of my life. And, and if, if people will give God a, a, an open door, He will come in and He will prove Himself. He will prove that, that He is a God for, with whom all of, all of our needs and all of our troubles and all of our sorrows, His grace is sufficient for me. But I couldn't serve the Lord if, if, if it weren't true that His grace is sufficient for me. Now, now, don't interpret that Scripture only to mean that, that I can sin all I want and His grace is sufficient to cover my sin. That doctrine didn't come from God. Read, read, read the book of Jude. Read the first five, six verses of the book of Jude. Man, it, it'll wake you up. 
But don't, don't think that that's what God was saying when he told the apostle Paul, uh, who had had a thorn in his flesh. And he, and he said, uh, uh, the apostle Paul said, Three times, three times I've, I've taken this to you, Lord. I, I brought it to you, and it's still here. And then he, and, and he you know, he was experiencing the Lord just not, not, re, not giving him the answer that he wanted. He wanted that, that thorn in the flesh, whatever it was he was talking about. Some people say it was an eye, eye healing that he needed, but the Lord didn't give it to him. So other people, uh, I, I guess there's a lot of ways we could speculate about that. I'll speculate about one. I think it was a temptation. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a temptation he was too ashamed to talk about. Uh, I, I know that, that that's not something that's hard for all of us to imagine because we've got temptations it's, uh, we can't talk about. The only person we can talk to about it is the Lord. And, and we want to be delivered from those temptations. I, I hope Marsha doesn't have any temptation to, to uh, ever leave me. But if she ever did... I want the grace of God to come and, and minister to her and be sufficient for her so that she doesn't, she doesn't get wrapped up in something that, that she wouldn't look back and say, I, I'm glad I did that. I, I believe that God's grace, God's grace is sufficient if you've got an open door to receive His grace. But it's when you shut the door to His grace and you try to deal with that temptation, you try to deal with that, with that human part of you, that, that weakness that, that is part of you, that thorn in the flesh in your life. And I think I have many thorns in the flesh. But I know this, God's grace is sufficient. But if, you, if in fact you close the doors and don't let God's grace in, what have you got to deal with all that stuff? You're going to end like this guy. And, and even though he might have heard that other thief say what he said to Jesus, and say, when you come into your kingdom, and, you, uh, and will you remember me? And Jesus turned to him and said, uh, that, that uh, today you'll be with me in paradise. This guy, if he could have heard all the other part, he must have heard that too. Could he go ahead and die and not say to the Son of God, who just said that to him, hey, how about me too? Hey, hey, uh, remember me too when you come in your kingdom. How, what, it is, what in the world gave him security to keep his mouth shut and go ahead and continue his cursing and go ahead and die in his sin and miss for all eternity, any chance? I don't like to talk about hell. Nobody likes to talk about hell. Jesus talked about hell more than anybody because he, don't want, he doesn't want people to not know it, to reject him the only other place for you to be. There's only two kinds of people. The ones that go to heaven and the ones that go to hell. That's right. There's not a middle place. There's no place in the grave where you just, you, as much as you want to just die and die and not, not be alive. That does not going to happen. You have a soul and spirit. I read the words a while ago when Jesus released his, he gave up his spirit. He breathed his, he, 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 he hung his head and, and let, released his spirit. His spirit and soul. You have a spirit and soul. It's going to live forever. And God's going to close it with a whole new body that's different than this one. But there's, but there's people that close the door to God's grace. And they made this, this horrible choice. They're making it all around us. And it's not ours to judge them. But it is ours to share with them the joy that you can have if you just acknowledge Jesus when you come into your kingdom. 
What in the world woke him up to see that? I, I don't know what woke him up. Mm. Lord. Mm. If you wonder what I'm doing, I had a thought and I'm trying to think of it again. Mm. It was good. I don't want you to miss it. <laughs> He'll bring it back to me. Uh, study well the man. I, I just think it's worth it. Study the man who rejected salvation. S study the man who... Uh, Uh, closed the doors to God's grace. Who didn't hunger and thirst for righteousness. Who joined the mockers. He had been mocking and cursing Jesus. How, how can your heart be so hard while you're nailed to a cross? It says they were crucified too. And the word crucified, when you, when you read those three chapters and you read the word, some of the, the, the versions will say that, that when they crucified, and then they crucified Jesus. And when they and, then, and the others spell it out when they nailed him to the, to the cross because the word in the original language means to be, uh, to be nailed to something. To be, uh, and, and it was talking about even they were crucified next to Jesus. How, how could you, how, how, how do the millions of people, I, I believe the way the devil dupes them. And this is, I guess, this is my own uh, my own uh, guess. I, I think from, from my experience, the devil intoxicates them with the pleasures of this world. I've got, if you do that, you're going to give up. You've only got one life. You're going to miss it all. I, I got partying for you, man. I got, I got every dream coming true for you beyond your, your fantasies. I, I, I've got every, he, he offers, offers what? He's not interested in delivering on any of it. It's all lies, but he puts it in people's hearts. And the love of this world, Jesus said, you, you can't love God and love the world. The, and and, and there, what, what he wants is to be a, a person who has crucified the flesh and no longer a, attracted to the world. No longer uh, is the devil's lies and the devil's uh, tricks uh, appealing to us. He can't get our attention. I, I believe that... that that Satan, even, even for Christians, he is trying his best to, to lure us away by a, a, some love of the world. Some, anything he ever tempts you, it's going to be loving something in this world because that's all he's got to parade. Right. He's got, it reminds me of when you're, using, when you're watching uh, ESPN on, on game day and, and all these people got their, got, got their signs they're holding up in the crowd. That, that, that's, that's the devil. He, he's, got, he's going through your life trying to put up this sign and that sign and, and telling you that there's all this, all this trickery stuff, all this, all this different direction stuff that, that can be yours. But if your heart is filled with love for Jesus, that's what discipleship is all about. Discipleship, it means that, that you, you get, you get uh, sanctified and separated from your love of the world. And, and, and the, the thing that takes the place of it is that you love Jesus. You love the family of God. You love His church. You love His kingdom. You love heaven. You love everything that God's got in His plan for your life. Right. 
That, that's what discipleship is. When you, when you get free, you, you break every one of the ties the enemy has on you. And, and you, you're not in love with this world anymore. God, I just want to stop right now and pray. We want to be severed. Lord, we want to be cut off from this, this corrupt world. We don't want to be tempted by the enemy. And we open the doors of our heart, Lord. Amen? For your grace to come in and, and fill us with, with, with a love of righteousness, a love of truth. And we won't let the devil's lies rip us off and steal from us. Uh, study well that man who made the most horrible choice. And study well the, the thief on the other side who made the right choice. Here's the thought I couldn't come up with a while ago. After I preached on that, I discovered this somewhere about 10 or 15 years ago. I, I remember the, when I was in a sermon prep, you know, time, uh, and, and all of a sudden I saw that these two thieves next to Jesus on the cross was a tremendous illustration. Because right there where Jesus was dying on the cross, right there where he was dying on the cross, there was a, uh, a, a person that represented everybody who rejects him right. and a person who represented everybody who accepts him. Right. That's true. And, and I, I thought, why have I never seen that before? Why have not, I not heard that? All the years of my growing up, I'm in my 50s at that point. I'm thinking, how in the world that, that, that would I have not known that? And I have not seen it. Well, I, so I preached it with the kind of exuberance that I'm talking about when I first discovered it. And, I, and, uh, and a girl in our church, a lady in our church named Lindy, she uh, would go to the county jail in Oklahoma County and uh, uh, minister to the women that were incarcerated and it was a partnership with the, with the chaplain's office, and they just had people recruited from lots of churches who would come up there and pray with these inmates because they got way more requests than, than their staff were able to handle. So they had people come in, people like you, that would just go in there and sit knee to knee. knee, to knee. I mean, I, I went and did it, and uh, uh, the, uh, your knees are probably that far apart because you're in a little, little place. But, but you, you get, they ask you the question that they, because they put on there that I want to see a chaplain, and, and, and they ask that question, and that's where you start. And you just minister to them and pray with them. Well, she said, I told the inmate that I was, that I was praying with this time, I told them about the two, uh, the two uh, thieves. She said, I told them that one of them represents her, either the one who rejected Christ or the one who received Christ. Because one of them represents me, one of them represents every single person. And she said, this woman made the choice just like that. I know which one I want to be. I want to be the one who accepted Christ. Yeah. And, and the reason I'm telling you that is because I think this is a, it's a, an illustration that, that you should keep in mind as, as, a, as something for you to share. Yeah. Why not? That's right. If every single person in the world is represented by one of them, That's right. and that means you and you and you and every, every person you'll ever talk to, it, it's... it's I mean, I, my parents wanted me to make the right choice. I would welcome them to have told me this when I was eight years old or six years old or whatever years old. I, I, would, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind being told it, reminding them this all the time because I don't want to end up in the trap that Satan had this guy in. I want to end up 
in the house of God. Amen. Jesus said in the 14th chapter of John, uh, 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 don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. What, what, what are those words? In my Father's house. There are many rooms. There's room for you in my Father's house. There's many rooms. I've got a place. You, if, you've, if you've received God's grace, if you've done what that, that criminal did, then you've got a place in the eternal house that God is building for His family. Woo-hoo! Woo! That's good. That's, that's wonderful. I'm not talking about it's good preaching. It's a good plan God came up with. And we get to be on the receiving end of it. And, I, and I'll, close the, I'll close this message with this, uh, this, this last thought. So you've studied that man. Really, I mean, study. What makes you do that? Study this man. What made him turn around? It was, it was the Holy Spirit that made him turn around. Here's what it takes. The, the, here's the plan of salvation. The, the, this four spiritual laws. There's a God in heaven who loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You can say that to anybody. God has a plan for your life. And He loves you. No matter what you've done, He loves you. That doesn't mean you're saved. Sin separates us from God. Sin disturbs and destroys God's plan for our life. But Jesus is God's remedy for sin. Jesus is God's solution for sin. But you must receive Jesus personally. Because He provided that doesn't mean every single person is saved. Right. Only those who received it. John 1, 12, to them that received Him, to them gave He power to become sons of God. All four of those became the reality for this, this criminal on this, on this cross. He, he got the gospel. He got it straight when he saw Jesus as God's solution for sin. And in, in spite of the sin that he was being crucified for and every other one of his sins, he called out to Jesus and Jesus removed them all, forgave them all, provided his mercy and grace and said, hey, in my father's house, we'll be seeing each other today. Amen. Well, the third thing is to study the man on that middle cross. Here's what it says in the Bible. Matthew 11 I love the way Matthew 11 closes. It's, it's a, come unto me, all you that labor and are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And look, look what it says in verse 29. That was verse 28. But verse 29 says, learn of me. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly. I, I'm quoting this now. I'm not, but I, I was only going to quote to you that. The, the words learned of me. But the rest of it just says, I'm meek and lowly, and, and, uh, and you'll find rest for your souls. My, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you'll find rest for your souls. But he said, learn of me. I, I, I know sinners. I, I believe that God, Satan's got a lot of sinners duped with this thing. You know what? The less you know about him, the less you know about religion, the more you're going to be free to enjoy your life. Because every, every, uh, every truth that you hear from them is going to rob you. It's going to restrict you. It's going to take life away from you. And, and hey, for you, buddy, ignorance is bliss. The less you know, the more free you are to live your, your, live your life. Live your sinful, carnal life. Like, like, like somehow it, it, it might be true that ignorance of Jesus is bliss. Ignorance of Jesus is the world's greatest tragedy. 
If you know anybody that doesn't know Jesus, don't let them remain in that tragedy. Tell them about Jesus. They need to know about Jesus. It might be that they're dying for somebody to tell them about Jesus, but they, they don't know how to bring the subject up. They don't want to look like an idiot and ask the wrong question. But, but to, 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 to not know Jesus is the worst calamity any person can ever be in. It's not bliss. Because the more you know of Him, the more you know of His mercies, the more you know of His provision, the more you know of His plan for your life, the more you know that He can take addictions, He can free. I, I, some of the best preachers in the world were the ones who were the worst, I mean, crooked people. Well, they got saved and they got a testimony how God set them free. So use your life to learn of Him. That, that's, I guess that's why I'm telling you to read those four chapters where he was crucified. Yeah. Learn of him. Yeah. Anywhere you can find something that will help you learn of him. Do, do what that, do what that, uh, that, that guy in, in another country did. And, and so, say, Lord, show me the truth. Show me the truth. Show me the truth. I'm hungry for the truth. I want to know the truth about Jesus. I want to know what I've never known about Jesus. I want to know the rest of it. I believe he wants to answer a prayer like that for you and for me. Yeah. And now I think you, you've got that there are two conclusions to this message. One is if you're, if you're, if you're not sure that you're the man who's, chosen to follow Christ. You placed your faith in him. Billy Graham preached it like this, said you got to, all of his altar calls were the same. When he brought them to the altar, he, uh, he had them pray this prayer every single time, all through those decades that he, that he gave altar calls and literally hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people over the years that, that he led in the prayer of repent of your sin. That's, that's how you, it's a turnaround of your mind. Repent of your sin. I, I used to be running from you with my heart closed, but now I'm opening the doors of my heart and I'm running to you, Lord. I'm running to you. I'm, I'm pursuing your will for my life. Yeah. And the second thing he would lead them in prayer is place your faith in Christ to save you. You can't save yourself, but Jesus can save you. Place your faith, not in religion, but in Christ, in Jesus your personal relationship with Jesus. He led them in that second prayer. Place your faith in Jesus to save you. And when, 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 you, when your rottenness shows up in your life, place your faith in Jesus. Not, not only to save you, but, but to do what His grace, He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace will overcome that temptation. My grace will overcome that rottenness. My grace will help you rise up out of that trouble and be, and, and be something that brings honor and glory to God. So the second thing He prayed was that Place your faith. And the third prayer he led them in was commit to obey him the rest of your life. Why would you not want to obey him if he's the, the savior of the world? If he's got that much love to go to the cross and love you and, 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 and tell you, I'll prepare a place in my father's house for you. Why would you not want to obey everything he says? Why would you want anything but what he wants? If you can't pray that prayer, the devil's still got his hand wrapped around you. He's still, he still got you on a leash. But pray that prayer because that, that's the only way you can get free from the attraction of the love of the world. It's, Lord, I, I, will, 
I will listen and I will obey your, what you tell me the rest of my life. If, you're, if you want to seal your relationship with God, I'll invite you to pray the same prayer that Billy Graham led those crowds over the years. And they were, many of them were, were completely transformed. And they'll say, I got saved. I got saved right there. And their life was turned around. And hopefully every single one of them felt the power of the Spirit transforming their heart and their, and their future. That's, that's the first response that needs to happen here this morning. So would you bow your heads? Lord, we all bow our heads and ask you, Lord, if there's any prodigal, if there's anyone among us this morning who needs to receive your amazing grace into their life and, and establish them once and forever as your child. We pray with them right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that your spirit will bring about repentance in their heart, that your spirit will br bring about the faith Lord, to place in Jesus to save them, and, uh, and the wisdom, Lord, to, to pray, God, I will obey you. I will listen to your commands. I will do what you say the rest of my life, and you'll help me build my life on a solid rock. Lord, anybody who's ready to pray that prayer this morning, God, I ask you, Lord, to give them the courage and the boldness to acknowledge that in this group and, and that we will celebrate with them together them becoming a child of God. In Jesus' name, if that's you, you want to begin a new journey, a whole new journey. You want to walk away from the old journey and start the new one right here this morning. I'd like for you just to stand right where you are. That's a bold thing to do, but just stand right up to your feet. Stand right up to your feet. Listen, this, this is the greatest day of your life. I don't want to make something little out of it. It's something big. It's the biggest thing in the world. It's the biggest thing that ever happened in my life, let me tell you. And it, there's never going to be anything in any of our lives bigger than this. If, you, if that's you, that's the Lord has set the stage, given you the opportunity. I don't see anybody standing, but God, I pray that every one of our hearts are following the lead of the Spirit this morning, that your Spirit will have complete liberty to lead us out of darkness into your glorious light in Jesus' name. The second conclusion to this message and the, and the last is, is this uh, invitation. You, you don't have to bow your head for this one. You can look at me. God wants us to share Him with people. God wants us to care that people are perishing. God shows you somebody who's, who, who's perishing. I, I know, I, 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 here's, here's the truth. Sometimes I, I can't tell whether a person's a Christian or not. And really just need to enter into conversation because they know. They know. So if, if the one, don't assume anybody is, talk about Jesus. Give them opportunities to talk about Jesus and use this simple, this simple message of, of this simple illustration. It'll work to, to help them understand that life really has a, a culmination, a consequence that you're going to spend eternity somewhere like he did and like he did. And, and, and when they say, oh, it's much too hard, it's much too hard. 
to become a Christian, how hard was it for this guy on the cross? How hard was it? How, how willing did he find Jesus to just pour out heaven's grace? Heaven's grace. Woo! You want to hear something about God pouring out his grace? That's in the message tonight. But let me tell you, that, that's what Jesus, he was just ready, ready, right? He, he didn't have to beg for it. He just spoke words of faith and Jesus poured it all on him. Woo! That, that's good news for somebody who thinks, I don't think I could ever live up to the standards. I don't think I could ever live the life. I don't think, and people have all kinds of, uh, of confusion about, about but, but God wants everyone, everyone to have the opportunity to know Jesus, the wonderful Savior, who, say, who would love to say to them, today I'll be with you in paradise. Woo, woo. Lord, wonderful, it's wonderful news. May we not keep it to ourselves. Let's, let's stand and pray. Let's stand and, and be dismissed. We're, we're going we're gonna to just ask the Lord to use us as, as uh, ambassadors for Christ. Christ's ambassadors. Jesus uh, has, has touched our life. And, and here, I'd love to tell you what Jesus means to me. I, I'd love to tell you what I know about Jesus. I, I'd I, I don't have all the answers, but I'd love to tell you about the middleman. Make, make the most of the conversation about the middleman. Yeah. Learn of him. Yeah. The more you can learn of him, the more secure you're going to be. Yeah. And, and you're going to feel secure. You're going to feel established. The more you learn about Jesus, that is solid rock yeah. that you're building your life on. Amen? So, Lord, yes, we will be your ambassadors. We're praying that. I'm praying it by faith with this congregation of people that, that live in Carter County and influence a lot of people in Carter County. God, I pray that you'll make us all lights and ambassadors with the message of how willing you are to, to rescue anybody and everybody who will put their trust in you, Lord, who will, who will believe you for a relationship with God that is provided by, the, by what you did for us on the cross. Take this simple illustration. And help us use it, Lord, to advance your kingdom just like Lindy did. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hope you remember this. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor Veronica.